turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Getting into retirement is the goal. It's a long ride. But as we try to go there, we play with the idea of 10 baggers. What's a 10 bagger? It is what you think it is. Stock the guys up 10 times. Now, here's the kicker. We've created a lot of millionaires in the United States in the last 30 years, some through stocks, some through options, some through real estate. It's fairly easy to get 10 times your return when you use leverage, but it's also fairly risky. Lots of people have had 10 times returns, and I think that's the goal. You don't buy Apple and say, oh, well, I want it to go up. 10% 10% that I'm going to sell it in 20 years. You don't say, ah, it looks like a dividend play. You're getting, you're trying to get sexy. It's hard for your portfolio to keep pace with any index when you make mistakes. So you try not to make mistakes and you search for big winners. The big winner game hunt, never a good idea. Now, with that said, one of the, my, my thesis that I'm trying to figure out before I die and to figure out on the air. I know you're saying thesis. That that can't be the plural of thesis. Just work with me. Is I like investing in things that have the potential to hit 1 billion people. If you get it 10% of the world's population, I'm good with it. There is one company out there that is very similar to that protocol. And I'm going to say it's Spotify. And I don't own shares of Spotify, but I'm intrigued and I want to own shares of Spotify. I, the CEO is Daniel Eck, and that actually works in his favor to me. In large part, the companies that hit that level of 1 billion people oftentimes have founder CEOs like a Mark Zuckerberg, like a Steve Jobs. Apple has over, wait, I don't have the number in front of me, so I'm not set. Their installed user base is crazy. If a phone lasts for you for three years and then it breaks or three days and then it breaks, three months and you lose it on a vacation, you tend to go out and get the same exact product. Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, all have Google, all have that thing in common where a billion plus people use the product. Spotify has that potential because the way I see it in the world of music, you have like two or three choices. That's it. So I look for 10 baggers, even though I say I don't look for 10 baggers. I'm not looking for a stock that will have coverage of 
a million people. I'm looking for a stock that has coverage of a billion people. Because Wall Street's in love with a subscription kind of model. And I'll give you another example that I'm looking at. Airbnb. COVID's made that one a little bit trickier. On when do we open up? Are the protocols safe? Airbnb has also got some issues with local governments where a lot of local governments don't like the idea of hotels not being regulated and not being taxed like hotels. Or on occasion, you hear that horror story of someone who stays in an Airbnb and gets raped or gets in the hot tub and the hot tub has a loose wire and they get electrocuted. You never hear those stories about Hilton or Hyatt. Those get swept under with PR and with buyouts and payoffs. My favorite Airbnb crazy story is someone in New York had a luxury apartment they were renting. And a porn company rented the place, knocked holes in the wall, went wire, sent wiring through, destroyed, destroyed it for a porn shoot or something along those lines. Maybe it had the Statue of Liberty in the background. I don't know. My favorite Lou Reed verse is when he refers to the Statue of Liberty as the Statue of Bigotry. I'm like, dang, man, hold no punches. So I don't want to say I'm a high-frequency trader. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm a trader. I'm not. The turnover in my portfolio is much smaller than the turnover in your portfolio. I'm not in in ideas and out of ideas. I'm looking for a billion users. My secondary approach to investing is let other people do it for me. So when I pick stocks, I'm looking for a billion users, give or take. How many feet do Nike sell shoes to? A billion. I'm not lying here. I'm not hiding stuff from you. It's pretty obvious what I'm trying to do. Volume, volume, volume. Something like that, right? What's your sales pitch? I sell mattresses, volume, volume, volume. Would I be interested in a mattress company that sells to a billion plus mattresses a year? I would. Wall Street loves the idea of of subscriptions and recurring revenues. I've said this before. I'll say it again. The people who are the most successful in the stock market are typically non-professionals who pay for professional help. They build a portfolio of blue chip stocks and they leave them alone. They rebalance periodically, but not often. I've never met a day trader or somebody who's got 70% turnover on an annual basis in their portfolio who's successful. This week, I've highlighted two stocks that have underperformed this year that have a billion plus users. One of them was Amazon. Do I like Starbucks? I do because of the volume, volume, volume. Have I bought Starbucks? I haven't. You get the idea. I've said this before, I'll say it again. The people who are most successful are the people who buy great companies and sit on them. If you're a Robinhood investor and you're buying fractional shares and trading on lots of crypto, I will gamble that I'm going to be worth more than you in 10, 20, 30 years. And I don't gamble. I'm not a gambling man by nature. Eh, it's not true. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you see some of the choices of who I've dated, you would say, yeah, you're a gambling man. The point is nobody can see 10, 20 years out other than people who are incredibly naive. The types of people who spit platitudes such as, I like the stock and this is a great company. One of the first times I made a million dollars in this industry is while I was on vacation. I had owned a company called Network Solutions, which was basically a monopoly in signing up user domain names, robblack.com, briefing.com, kdow.biz. They registered the internet domain names to the tune of they were a on their way to be a billion plus users kind of thing. It went from 4 to 16, 4 to 16, 4 to 16. I went on vacation because from 4 to 250. I wasn't savvy. I was just at the right place at the right time for a period of time. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. One of the things I've been talking about today is looking for the 10-backer. And it's frustrating because I'll get an email from you. And I do want you to email me, rob at robblackshow.com. And oftentimes the emails are about these wackadoodle companies that you're looking to hit it big in. And I'm like, does this company have the ability to hit 1 billion users? If not, it's not my cup of tea. And sometimes I'll, I'll see like a artificial intelligence company that trying to make robots. And I never invested in Roomba. Roomba was a publicly traded company because they made robots that went around your house and vacuumed up after you. It wasn't sexy to me. It wasn't funny. It wasn't, it wasn't interesting. I got the appeal of it, but it never went anywhere with me. And the number 1 billion people doesn't have to be pure. Like I think Roblox is a platform. Will it ever hit a billion kids? I don't know. But the kids that do get on it, I think will stick to it. Um, consult a broker advisor for taking a stock. Any action ever on any idea that I mentioned on the show? Because like, I don't know you. My theme is I want a lot of users if I'm going to invest in the company. I'm not interested in the cure for cancer unless it's going to be the cure for cancer that a billion people have. I'm not interested in the world's fastest car unless it's going to be a car that a billion people on the planet have. And again, let's not get caught up in the word billion. <clears throat> One of the stocks I'm looking to add to my portfolio, and I'll, I'll say it this way, for people over 50, you probably should consider Walmart and Amazon and be done with buying in its retail stocks. That's it. On one, you get the most of America has been to a Walmart. And the other one, you get most of America has Amazon Prime. 
And that wins. Now, do I like TJ Maxx? Yes. Do I like Ross? No. But I like their business. I just don't like their commercials. It's that Father's Day commercial that just haunts me. I wake up in the middle of the night where the mom's talking to the daughter and they're talking about getting dad a tie for Father's Day. And the daughter goes, we're definitely going to Ross. And for some reason, I can't get that janky statement out of my head. So when I'm looking for 10 baggers, I'm not really looking for 10 baggers. I'm not looking to get a thousand times my investment. What I'm looking for is something I can buy and hold and move on. And this weekend, maybe I'll make love, sweet love. Maybe this weekend I'll sit outside and get a sunburn while it's raining. I don't know. Um, like, for instance, I like NVIDIA and I like AMD. Because you know who makes graphic processors? Them, and that's it. So if you go to Russia and you play a video game on a computer, it's going to have NVIDIA or AMD in it, usually. It's not going to have Trichka graphic company. I'm looking for platforms. Um, car insurance. Uh, Warren Buffett bought Geico many, 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 many years ago. And what Geico is, is they're a mass company. They have scale. Every month you pay your car insurance or they cancel it. I'm not an insurance guy like that. There's no sex appeal there. But if I were, it would be Geico. Banking has become fragmented. So as much as I want to pull the trigger on a Bank of America, I don't. I happen to own some shares of Wells Fargo that I've kind of just forgot about. I should just sell. It pays a nice dividend, but nothing else. Um, Because banking is starting to get fragmented with millennials. They're starting to go, my dad and my mama had Bank of America or Wells Fargo, and I don't want it. I want to have the fintech version of it. So for instance, I don't know. I think I'm just, I, I should change the topic because I, I think I've made my point. I don't like getting tempted to sell. I like getting reminded why I bought. Um, Google's got antitrust issues. I've got Google. Microsoft had antitrust issues. I have Microsoft. I have Apple. I like the platform angle of their business model. Am I excited when they hit 52-week highs? I Sure I am. But I temper that. I try to humble myself. I look at my kids. I go, wow. So I, I, I take my focus off. Did I get 90% returns this year in Google? Or did I get 9% returns in Amazon? Which one should I put new money into? It's going to be, did the platform change? Nope. And I'd probably pick Amazon over Google. I don't need to come up with a 21st company to own. I got 20. That's all I need. You may say 15. I agree with you. You may say 12. That's not a bad idea either. Um, and for the record like when something comes along like a morgan stanley versus a robin hood morgan stanley is a <laughs> what i would refer to as an elderly caucasian investment broker and then you look at robin and you're like wow that's millennial 
they're more of a, uh, they're dominant what they do. They've got young people investing for the short term. And I'm like, eh, no, flavor of the month, I'll pass. Would I have liked the upside? Sure. Would I have liked the 70% downside? Nope. That's one of my favorite words to my spouse when she asks me for favors. She, she says, hey, my mother is coming to town this weekend. Can you cook for them? I'm like, nope. We'll order out. Because one thing I don't like being is criticized. So my favorite word, <laughs> I know you're, you're, you say you're kidding, are you? Um, who was it? James Lipton, the acting coach. Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. What is your favorite word? And he goes, the F word that rhymes with hockey puck. And he goes, no, 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 no. You have to give me a different one because we can't use that one on air. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. What's your favorite word? And he says, gravitas. And I'm like, okay, that guy was on one too many seasons of 24 and bumped his head one too many times. My favorite word is nope. And let me give you an example. Do I want to own a cruise line? Nope. The ability to say no to something is more powerful than the ability to fall in love with something. One thing that I wish I could redo is my 20s when I fell in love with basically any female I dated. And when I fell in love, I spent money. And when I spent money, I was like, oh, I could pay rent this month and date or nope, I'm going to work extra hours and make it all work. I made it tougher on myself. The ability to say no is more important and powerful on Wall Street than the ability to say yes. So my favorite word is nope. <clears throat> and it kind of rhymes with soap. I think the French probably call it nope, 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 not going to do it. Not going, not going to do it. Some congratulations are in order. 2022 is right around the corner. COVID vaccination rates are rising and our habits are changing. So should your budget. Smart move is to reassess and adjust your budget on the fly. Um, I do that. This year I moved and my budget has been broken by buying new furniture for a new home. It's probably the splurge that I've haven't really done since I was in my 20s. I need to revisit that at some point in time. In 2020, when COVID hit and I literally moved to the mountains with my family because we're doing socially distanced school and all that kind of stuff. I spent too much on, on media. I got a YouTube TV channel. I had cable in my other home. I need to redo that budget now because that's just silly to waste money. Inflation is rampant. And that's not even being dramatic. You might seriously need to bump up your grocery budget this year. You might seriously need to bump up your housing budget this year. For those of you that are renting and it's things have stayed stagnant, home prices didn't and new rents didn't. So you're just staying stagnant and you're not thinking about the next step. I overly think the next step. With inflation being rampant and the labor market woes, you probably got a raise. And if you got a raise, I instantly put that raise into my investments, my savings, my retirement. I don't channel it towards a splurge. 
you know, this is kind of funny. I've never done cocaine. I know you're saying that's quite a, quite an admission. Do you know why? I feel like I would reward myself with it like too often. I'm fearful. I'm fearful of the idea of liking something. So this year when I get a raise, I go, uh, instead of splurging, I'm going to, I'm going to be very conservative with it. You have to have a budget. You have a budget for survival, which is called shelter and groceries. You have a budget for your financial well-being called retirement savings investments, rainy day fund. You have a budget for your physical and mental well-being. You hear CFP Chad Burton talk about all the time, gym memberships and different ways to unwind. And you have a budget that you've agreed to pay, like mortgages and student loans. It's not that hard. You just have to be honest with yourself. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. If you need a referral to a financial planner or you want to work with me, find me at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So I grew up at a time where radio was transitioning to TV and TV was transitioning to cable. And one of my favorite things as a young person when I was like 10 to 11, 12, 13, 14, when I was formidable was sportscasters. And if you could stay up late enough to watch sports center, they go, let's go around the league. And they hit every football game, every baseball game, what have you. I like doing that. I just do it in the world of stocks. Like Roku was a big winner yesterday. Stock was up 20% after the company announced a multi-year agreement with Google to carry YouTube TV and the YouTube apps on its platform. They were the boss yesterday. They were all that in a bucket of chicken. Oh, by the way, no, I won't go there. I was going to tell you a chicken sandwich story, and I decided not to. That's that's me restraining myself. Last year, Roku sparred with Fox. A dispute that threatened to black out the Super Bowl. Roku now commands a $35 billion market cap and controls 40% of the smart TV market. They're small software play, small hardware play, definitive streaming play. The battle between Roku and Google had been brewing for months. Do I like that they have to fight on a regular basis? I do not. But economically, keeping leverage is important in the world of streaming. Early days of Roku, they would pay media companies to license content. These days, it's the demand free content to display on its own channel as a so-called toll for carrying the apps that companies like Google and Fox want to expose users to on Roku. Um, Fox News has an app, I think, kind of a secondary channel that's streaming only, Fox Nation. For lack of not really doing enough homework on this, If Fox Nation wants to be on Roku's hardware, Fox is going to have to give up some old television shows um, that they made back in the 80s and 90s for Roku to stream for free to add a value proposition to be on the platform. It's interesting studying the business models. I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of you studied fashion models. I wasn't that guy. I've always been... Fascinated by stories. 
Project Guardian protects Twitter's VIPs first. What is Project Guardian? It's an expedited version of the company's normal procedures. The program proactively guards against the so-called person of the day phenomenon, where momentum can build against someone in an unfavorable way, a.k.a. the Twitter mob, the woke nation. And it comes with perks if you're a Facebook user. Mark Zuckerberg's annual security bill hits $24 million last year, and it's all paid for by his company that he owns, Meta, also known as Facebook. For Twitter, success depends in large part on engagement with high-profile personalities. So Twitter has a program called Project Guardian, and its key is to let people be outrageous and kind of protect them at the same time. There's one celebrity I have no understanding of. I just, I don't get it. You know, I always try to digest stuff into nuggets and like understand it. Chrissy Teigen, I don't get her. I don't know why she's famous. I don't know why we see her. I don't know why we care that she had a miscarriage. Like, I don't get it. I get other celebrities. I do, I do. Dak Shepard, who was on Scrubs, I I get him. Like, he was a funny guy many, many, many years ago. Why do we still care? I don't get it. But I don't even think Chrissy Teigen was beloved at any point in time. We just follow her on Twitter. So some people like talk show hosts and pseudo celebrities, they do need to be protected on being too in fuego or a controversial event destroying their career. Chrissy Teigen kind of got into some of that. And that's part of Twitter that you don't know. They do a really good job at kind of shepherding or herding content that you see. Coffee. I know you're saying coffee. Okay. Let me throw down some preliminaries on this one. A lot of people drink coffee, right? You're with me. Coffee grows in high regions, high altitudes, and moisture plays a big factor in how good the bean is or not. California is about to get soaked in five straight days of rain. Northern California, not Southern California, but Northern Southern California is going to get some nice rain too. But not every corner of the universe is easy to see from an investment standpoint. Coffee futures just hit a 10-year high. Now, yesterday I saw that Starbucks, the first store in the United States, in Buffalo, New York, unionized. I go, okay, let's take a look at the stock. That's kind of a big milestone. As an investor, you don't like unions. For the simple premise of explaining this, I understand unions are important for teachers and police officers, but I don't know if we need a union for baristas. I know you're saying that's harsh, Rob. That's harsh. I, I, but that's just my standing and I'm okay with it. I think we, some places don't need unions. I, I do think car workers should unionize and they're kind of this middle ground. And then there's like Starbucks that makes no sense. It's not meant to be a career, but some people make careers out of it and they get bitter and they get upset that the company doesn't reward them over their lifetime. So coffee futures yesterday hit a 10 year high. 250 a pound. 
nearly double the price at the beginning of the year. So I looked at Starbucks yesterday as a potential idea on 2022. I looked at 2021 performance and I looked at 2022 and I say, okay, they've got union issues that are starting to pop. I think that's manageable. But can you manage the price of coffee going from buck twenty-five a pound to two fifty a pound of beans? That's going to be an interesting winter. And how does La Nina play out? Does it create dry conditions or wet conditions that turns the coffee bean moldy and useless? This is what I do for a living. I love it. Thanks so much for being along for the ride. Find me at robblackshow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's get you wiser when it comes to money and investing and business ideas. Let's try to get you to plot a path towards retirement. When I started in the industry, I wanted it to be right. <clears throat> As I've stayed in the industry for 25 years, I think my longevity comes from not making big mistakes. There's a woman named Kathy Wood. She's a tech investor. And she was the all that in a bucket of chicken lady last year during the pandemic when companies like Zoom and Peloton did nothing but go up. Her performance this year is embarrassingly bad. I didn't fall in love with her last year. I'm not feeling bad for her this year. Every year I see things like this happen phenomenons where people come in fuego and they go out of fuego just as fast. Do I think she's interesting to look at? Yes. Do I think her stories of, of media and tech are, are fascinating? Yes. Do I change the way I invest because of her? No. Favorite word? Nope. <clears throat> so I just throw that down because I, I'm watching, she's having a rough year. And I, I don't buy it. I don't buy into it. It's not my thing. I don't feel pity. I, I don't go, ooh, I wonder what she's doing. I bet she'll have another, every dog has another day, right? Now, I would be foolish to ignore it, but also be foolish to follow it. I know that about myself. Good morning. Yesterday, everything was in the red. Stock market ran out of steam. Both the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ broke the three-day winning streak, where the previous Friday, we were scared out of our minds about Omicron. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, eh, not so much. But by Thursday, we had had enough buying. The consumer price index, the most anticipated economic data dump on the calendar these days, is out. We're looking at 6.8% annual inflation. That's the highest since the early 1980s. One of my favorite episodes of Black Mirror is called San Junipero about virtual reality and people who are 70 years old going back to the 1980s and reliving their youth with a different outcome. In this case, it was about sexuality being lesbian versus sexuality being about being in love with a man. 
That's the, the, the simplest part of the story. But I love the 80s. Except for, I forget the 80s had high inflation, Reaganomics and stagflation. You forget that stuff because you, you kind of get into the music. You kind of get into the, 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 the time period of like when you were younger and fashion was bad. Okay. I'm fascinated to see, <clears throat> does West Side Story click or is it a bomb? Speaking of the 1980s, Steven Spielberg was the director en genoux. He was all that in a bucket of chicken, kind of like Kathy Wood is in tech investing right now. And then he wasn't. So Steven Spielberg, 80s director, which for the record, if you watch things like E.T., it's incredibly boring. Stories didn't age well, but I'm, that's neither here nor there. Phone home. I know I just ruined part of your childhood by saying it's bad, but it's bad. So Steven Spielberg is directing a reboot of West Side Story. It's going to hit 2,800 theaters today. And it's not on any streaming platform. Anyone care to bet that it's a flop? (laughs) Because I think it will be. I don't know if Americans want that anymore. When I try to show my kids E.T. and movies that I loved as a kid, I, I can't even get through them. So come for Rita Moreno. No, I'm not. There's It's a $100 million movie release. And I, I just don't think it works. I think sometimes it's, it's okay to move on from your past. In the Heights only grossed $11.5 million its opening weekend. And In the Heights was tied towards the Hamilton director, and even a 21st century version of, of Spielberg didn't work. Now, on the other hand, Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm all about. I don't know if I'll see it in a theater. I don't know if I'll, I'll, I'll spend the premium bucks, but I bet it's going to be a fun action ride romp that my kids would be entertained with. And I'd be like, uh, I'll already have forgotten the first scene by the third scene. But I'm smart enough to know that's what's going to work, I think. So Spielberg is a 10-time Oscar-winning director. He's an Ohio legend, which is not a phrase that comes out of your mouth often. The whole concept of an on-screen musical feels cursed to me. I don't think it can work. I think it's cursed not to work. When I grew up and I saw West Side Story, I think it was 10th grade, our teacher made us watch it. And the whole Sharks and the Jets rumbling was unimpressive to me. So to this day, I'm like, I wonder what that's going to be like in a remake. What's interesting to note about In the Heights, it was a bomb in the movie theater, but it did really well on streaming. I, I, I can't put anything else together there, but that's what I have to say, and I'm sticking with it. Starbucks workers in Buffalo voted yes to form a union. Um, I'm interested to see how this plays out for them. It's the first of its kind of the chain's 9,000 corporate-owned stores. It's a major victory for labor organizing efforts. For me, I want unions for teachers because a teacher in the Bay Area can't survive on what they're paid. I don't like that. I don't like the idea that my kids' teachers have to marry well to be teachers. 
I don't like that. Um, same thing with police officers. I want good cops. I want to be safe. I don't want my car to be broken into. Um, I, I think a union makes sense for police and firefighters um, and teachers. I don't Starbucks. I don't know. That doesn't sound right to me. Less than 2% of food service and bar workers belong to a union last year. But the successful unionization of massive chain restaurants like Starbucks could change that. Three more Starbucks stores in Buffalo and a store in Arizona have also filed petitions to look into the union experience. And I'm very fickle about this. Like, I don't have a, an intelligent opinion, as you can quickly see. Um, <clears throat> when I worked at Cron on Van Ness, they moved locations to Battery a couple of years ago. But right across the street, there was a hotel called The Cathedral. And it was an awesome hotel. Um, there was a movie filmed in it. Um, but they had like union bartenders. And I always felt like this is strange. <clears throat> but that hotel wouldn't have had workers if it wasn't for unions. Unions do a good job. They, they train people and they staff areas that have tough time staffing. But Starbucks Union, it's, it's tough for me to get a good opinion on it yet. I promise I'll work on that in 2022 because I think it's a story. 9.4% of all New Zealanders smoke down from 18% in 2018. What does that tell you? An average pack of cigarettes in New Zealand costs about $22 in American money. 15. Now New Zealand wants to legalize marijuana. Do you see where I'm going at with this? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. If you need a referral to a financial planner, find me at robblackshow.com. I promise webinars and seminars should return in 2022. I'd like to see your face again. Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com.